and welcome to Another Bite, where we rewatch the most innovative and intriguing pitches from Shark Tank. I'm Jory, and I'm joined by Ariel. Hey, everyone. And John. Hey, everybody. You know what really makes me itch? No, it's not the bedbugs in Paris. It's those nasty chemical fragrances that are just everywhere in today's skincare. Will today's founder be able to clean up the competition? She sure soaps you'll like her product. I won't lie. I can't wait to talk about it. But first, time to pay some bills. There's no secret formula for better service throughout the customer journey. But there is the all-new Service Hub from HubSpot. By bringing service and support together in one powerful platform, you can deliver the best experiences for your customers and your teams. Free up time for your reps to focus on complex issues with an AI-powered help desk. Also, you can easily support, strengthen, and grow your customer base. Secrets out. HubSpot Service Hub is a game changer. Visit HubSpot.com service to do more for your customers today. On today's episode, we are going to dive into Gently Soap, which is presented to us by founder Kristen Dunning. She is asking for $75,000 for 10% of her business, which is a $750,000 valuation for Gently Soap. These natural bath products that eliminate ingredients that cause irritation for skin. So it's basically a solution for folks that have sensitive skin. So her main value prop that she brings in is she has this wide expertise in agricultural research. She's able to have her own proprietary greenhouse blend to create these wonderful smelling bars of soap that retail for pretty good margins, which we'll get into later. But Based off of the initial pitch, any thoughts regarding either our founder, Kristen, or the soap itself? I mean, I love her and I love it. I think this is awesome. Mm -hmm. She spent years of her life doing research in the greenhouse, essentially related to different herbs and growing different things. She just got an MBA and she's ready to launch a business that's based on an actual problem that there's no good solution for. Mm -hmm. And it's a massively growing category. Turns out all the chemicals that we've been pumping up in the air and we've been eating and all this stuff, turns out all of us are getting this like really sensitive skin. I think skin conditions are like massively on the rise. Mm -hmm. And I think there's only like one solution on the market. It's called Exiderm. Yes. Exiderm. Which does not sound very joyful or fun to put on your skin. You gotta buy it at the CVS. Yeah. You're embarrassed. You're like, you don't want your friends to see that you're buying Exiderm. You don't want to like, buy something that has shame associated with it. You don't want to buy it. It's like shame in a bottle. It's like, oh, God. And so I think this is like an incredible insight and an awesome category. I'm pumped for her. And she seems like she has all the right skills to actually pull it off. And the sharks also said that it smells delicious. Yeah. Let's get into the soap industry a little bit more. When we look at the category overall, it's pretty competitive. You only have like three or four big players in this space right now. There's yeah. Unilever, which is like 23% of revenue marketing share. They're most notoriously known for Dove. So Dove Bar Soap. You have Procter & Gamble, which is well-known for Olay, and Johnson & Johnson, which yeah. corners the baby gentle skin market. So when you look at the industry as a whole, and like COVID really helped kind of accelerate this market, there are a few players in the space that are already in the category, like Dr. Bronner's for, you know, alternatives like Castile soap or more earth-friendly you soap. Can't, no one's buying Dr. Bronner's. It's too many words on the label. Yeah, Dr. Bronner's is a full dissertation. It's its own NBA. <laughs> this is the opposite of Dr. Bronner's. <laughs> but you know what I mean? Like, it's a highly competitive competitive space, you know, so yeah, like soaps, all everything in CPG is competitive. It, like these companies hire thousands of MBAs whose job it is to do market analysis and figure out where the arbitrage opportunities are. 
And so all of these categories are incredibly competitive. And so if you want to win, I think what you need to do is you need to offer something that's different, Mm -hmm. offer something that has a better brand associated with it, and you need to absolutely nail your distribution on it. And I think like you've seen that over time, over the past decade, there've been a lot of success stories of disruptor brands coming in that basically come up under these big conglomerate Mm -hmm. organizations. And the only response the conglomerates have is just to purchase them, which is great for the entrepreneur and ends up being great for the conglomerate as well. And that's kind of how these companies operate. Okay. So let's take a moment to talk about the numbers. So the business is fully commerce. She sold year to date $113,000, which is amazing when you consider that she's launched this as a student. She has a repeat customer order rate of 78%. She's got amazing retention. And what I thought was really interesting is only 60% of her buyers have sensitive skin. The rest are just normal skin folks that are looking to buy more sensitive ingredients. This is incredible to me. Like she didn't mention anything about a big PR push or any virality or anything like this is all word of mouth. 100% online. And the fact that she has such a dedicated fan base, I think shows that there is such a huge need in this market that's being underrepresented right now. I mean, $11 for one bar is what people are willing to pay. Yeah, this is one of the big things we've learned from late 22 into midway through 2023. COVID created this huge bubble associated with new customer acquisition because everybody switched to being online all day every day. Mm -hmm. And so like acquisition was really, really cheap. It was easier to get new customers. And it created this world where everybody just believed that they could just keep acquiring new customers. And it turns out now, fast forward, you know, three years, it's really, really hard to acquire new customers because people have boomeranged back to their old habits. Like you can see these charts where basically, you know, when COVID happened, e-commerce adoption of total percent of retail sales like jumped up. There was a big question about, was that a one-time event that would continue Hmm. into perpetuity or would it come back into the line that had been drawn for the past 20 years? And it turns out it came totally back into the line. A lot of things that people were buying online during the pandemic, they're now going back to the store to get. And so it turns out what really matters in 2022, 2023 is your ability to retain the customers you've already acquired, to have great loyalty. And so if you're a savvy investor right now looking at a brand like this, that's one of the most important questions you would ask is what's your customer retention? And hearing that they're doing huge reorder percentage rates is really exciting. And then we have her cost to make, right? Because it's $238 for her to make. That's cheap. But... She's retailing this for $11 per soap. Pretty good for digital marketing efforts and specifically through word of mouth. Okay. Do we think that $11 is too much for a bar of soap? Because that caused me to pause. You know, I'm not sure I'd shell out $11, but, you know, I suppose if it's milk enough. (sighs) Well, let's just see. What does Exoderm cost, Ariel? Ah, let's see. Amazon, Exoderm. 30 bucks for this body wash right here. Oh, okay. This is a deal. Now, I know like compared to just Dove or Dove sensitive skin, I'm sure it is more expensive, but Mm -hmm. I don't think the target market is to try and get people who are using normal soap necessarily to just all bulk switch. I think it is to actually first go out and get people who know they have sensitive skin to try this new product. And I just think like people are willing to pay for things that give them a shot at reducing their level of irritation and flare up. Yeah, I think she said what about like 70% of her customer base has skin sensitivities and then the rest are just like really huge fans of the product itself. Yeah. Okay. So you just got hired at Gently Soap and you you need to take this to market. You need to take this into retail. So how would you position this brand and this product? Like where are you putting it? 
I think $11 for a single bar makes sense, but the retail distribution would have to be key, right? Like this is a product that would have to be sold in a Sprouts or a Whole Foods or a Trader Joe's. It cannot be on the same shelf space or compete in the same aisle as like a Dove because there's no way that it would thrive. Oh, that's interesting. I think that's exactly where to compete. Really? I would go right to Dove. Hmm. I was thinking about brands that have kind of done this. Do you know Crema shaving cream? Vaguely familiar. Like in yes. Target or anything? Essentially, they went into like mainstream shelves and mm-hmm. they basically put something that looked different. It looked a little premium. Mm-hmm. It was priced a little premium right next to the mainline stuff. And I think they've done incredibly well. And so I would try and go right at the big dogs and just position really? yourself as a premium alternative and try and tap into the people who are, hmm. you know, actually looking for that premium alternative to solve their problem there. I think the key for them is packaging, Mm -hmm. right? To win there, the packaging is going to have to be very clear and communicate the value very clearly. I mean, that's not like a new thing. I think if you want to compete on the shelf, packaging is everything Mm -hmm. in awareness. And I think those are kind of the things that matter the most. Which love her packaging. I think it's very clear, beautiful, delicate. You can really see that it's full of joy. I think she said specifically joyful yet gentle, which I wish was something that was included. I wish that was the the tagline. Like that is a great slogan. Like the minute she said it, I was like, oh, that needs to be like plastered everywhere. Yeah, it's a great tagline. All right. It's my favorite time. Let's get into some of these offers because there's a little bit of a feeding frenzy here. So Mark, Damon, and Lori all go out so that we're left with Mr. Royalty and the guest shark, Candace Nelson. Candace offers $75,000 for 25% of the company, promising to, you know, leverage her connections in places like 13 Loon, but $75,000 for a quarter of the whole company. I mean, welcome to Shark Tank, Candace. What were your thoughts on the negotiations, John? Because I got some real strong Uh, feelings. Yeah, this one is a tough one because... It seems very clear to me that her path for this company is to grow it to three to $500 million in revenue and then get bought. And in that case, the thing that will matter to her is what percent of the company she owns. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, the difference in giving 10% of the company away to Mr. Wonderful versus giving 25% away to Candace could mean hundreds of millions of dollars to her in the future. Right. But I don't know if she can actually afford that $1 royalty that Mr. Wonderful is asking for. Really? Because I think she's going to have to invest a lot more in marketing and distribution than she is today. Like she has a $6 customer acquisition cost, Mm -hmm. but that's only for this D2C side. She's not going to be able to sell it for $11 when she sells it to wholesale. Mm. She's going to have to sell it to Wegmans or whoever for six bucks a bar. They're going to sell it for $11 in store, you know? Mm -hmm. And so- I think giving a dollar right off the bottom line away in the form of a royalty might be pretty limiting to her and her ability to reinvest in the growth of the company. I don't know. We'll see down the road. I'm sure that hindsight will be 2020 on this one. And she'll either say, geez, I actually didn't need that extra dollar per (laughs) unit to invest in marketing. You know, that cost me a lot of revenue on acquisition. I don't know. It'll be interesting to see. What do you think? I think she has enough upside, like if she needed to pay for the $1 royalty, because it only costs her like $2.50 to make. So like she's already making some pretty strong margins, even if she had to lower that price point a bit for wholesale. Like I think she could afford it. 
I felt like the sharks are being a bit greedy mm. here. I think she has so much success that she's just yeah. like generated on her own through word of mouth to lose essentially 25% of her business, like for $75,000 right now. It left me feeling kind of ick at the end of the yeah. episode. I'm not going to lie. Like I, I, I would have rather her come back and ask for more, maybe further on down the line. Yeah. But for 25% and she has made so much success thus far and she's just started having this yeah. be her full time gig I kind of felt like it was a little bit of a greedy kind of grab but Candace come at me it's an awesome perspective Ariel <laughs> you know I see exactly what you're saying and it's also kind of like you know is Candace going to be able to open the kind of doors she really needs opened I think that is a yeah. really important question to ask as well or is Candace just an investor yeah so she's definitely paying for more of like that mentorship and like yeah. kind of that partnership perspective than less of hey I need capital up front Okay, so we've got a bit of a feel-good ending, right? So the offer initially seemed a little sharky. You know, Candace was promising to open up access to the 13 Loon platform. Well, Gently Soap is now at 13 Loon, so applause all around. It nice. happened. Gently Soap also immediately sold out on Amazon. And the night of the episode airing, as Gently Soap sold out, they also outsold Dove and Dr. Sasquatch Soaps on Amazon, which is huge. Those yes. are top-selling brands. Wow. So they also took a little bit of some uh, category leaderboard. Uh, That's amazing. For a bit. So I'm hoping for her that it sustains yeah. and continues to be a success for Kristen. Oh, that's so good. I hope it does great. Today's episode was written and produced by the mythical Matthew Brown. Additional support comes from Melanie Romero and editing from Robert Hartwig. If you're a fan of the show, meh, even if you're not a fan of the show, tell a friend. Word of mouth is the best way to support the show. That does it for me. We'll see you next episode here in the tank for another bite. <laughs>